Welcome guys to the Trying Podcast. My name is Nanini and on this podcast I'll be sharing with you the steps that I'll be taking to try and get over my fears and get out of my comfort zone. Hi, it's April 18th on Tuesday and so this is one of those episodes where I don't have a conclusion and I just have like a tiny bit of clue what what I'm going to talk about is mainly going to be about what am I going to say um what does that mean um I have like a small clue of what I'm trying to study about meaning I don't have like an a to z explanation of everything um these are those like to be honest, my studies are like that. I'm just coming in trying to learn and I'm sharing it publicly by recording my studies because they are studies. I'm not teaching. I am studying and making it public. So I was refraining from recording and even thinking like maybe I shouldn't record today's episode because I have like little to no um, information. Because here's the thing, I have done some research. Of course, I haven't done everything when it comes to today's topic. I have done some research, but I just, mm, I don't like recording an episode just to for me to say I have recorded an, an, an episode. My point in this is not just to upload weekly episodes because I have a quote-unquote podcast. No. I see this as me just making public my personal studies. And so since these are studies, just be, I don't want to like, I don't want to like repeat words just because I've written it down. I want to, to study something with understanding. So my point is what I know now, um, it's very little. Even though I have done the studies, I don't have understanding. I think that's my point. Even though I have all these things I've written down, I have some notes, I don't have understanding. Meaning, I don't know how they connect. I don't... Like, this thing makes sense on its own, and I understand this on its own. I understand something else, but I don't see how they connect. And so I don't just, I like, I didn't want to just come here and say, okay, so this is what I have I've written down. This means this, this and this, this is this, this is this. Because that's not the point of me making my studies public. I honestly want to come out of this with understanding. So hopefully, I've, I've, this is what I've told myself. This is what I've told myself. It's about the Hebrew, the Hebrew alphabet. <laughs> it's about the Hebrew alphabet. And this is what I've told myself. I want to, 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 to start right i don't want to wait for me to have like quote-unquote full understanding for me to see like okay now i can record no but my point is even today's episode it might be quite short because i don't really know much let me just say that i don't understand much about what is on paper so i decided I'll, this will be a start. This will this will be an episode where I just start this study. And so if 
the next episode is will be a continuation that's fine if it won't be a continuation i believe that's also fine because my goal is not to like my goal is not like to to like have everything in order like step one step two step three you know no God works differently when it comes to my mind and how he teaches me. So if he decides today we are we're doing we are publicly we're making this public that this is the beginning of the public study because I've been studying this for some for like some weeks. But my point is like okay, this is the beginning. If the next continuation of this study that I'll be recording will be maybe the 20th episode and this is like the third episode for season 7. If it will be the 20th episode that's that's also fine because I want to learn I want to learn with understanding and if God wants me to understand something at that time that's his perfect timing then that's fine so let me just start with what I have now right and I don't think I'll say everything I've written down because my point is not just to regurgitate like just words I just want to say what currently I understand just currently So from the previous episode the episode 1 get active I remember it being like yeah I was talking about God's word I mainly focused that on that episode about God's word and I mentioned how God has been highlighting the letter 7 is it a number the number 7 right in the season 7 because I, when I, i remember i wrote down like season 7 or in the first episode some notes i was writing down some notes and somehow my focus was so tied to 7 not the season 7 but 7 and i remembered huh there were some some teachings i had come across way before um unintentionally and I I I had listened to this teacher talk about how 7 is a quite an important number a highlighted number in the Hebrew scriptures how the authors and God himself makes it clear that 7 is something significant whether it's the seven days of creation whether it's um There's this this pattern. Again, I have these things written down, but you know like the Sabbath seventh day, there's the focus of of the 70 nations, Jesus sending out like the 70 or the 72 disciples. Like there's that thing. There's a pattern. There's a thread. Let me call it a thread. And it's linked to this seven. And so my point is even though I have some notes here I don't want just to say oh yeah and then I found this seven is related to in here and this verse talks about seven this and this seven no that doesn't make sense in my head and because my point is not just to upload an episode I want to understand so what I currently have learned and I right now I kind of understand like I have an understanding of and it's linked to just the the episodes i've been the studies i've been doing do i should i call them studies this season they're not really studies like my life experience getting active mostly there 
I realized, okay, God is highlighting this seven things. So I, this is why I'm actually studying this, right? So in the Hebrew alphabet, the Jewish script, there's this seven, the alphabet, the, the letter seven called Zayin, right? So it's the alphabet. It's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. So those are, those are letters, right? They're not numbers. But there's something with the Hebrew alphabet that their letters have several meanings. They, they, there's depth in their alphabet. And so this Zayin has, um, I think there's somewhere where I had, I had actually written down. Because I kept on confusing, wait, is it a letter? Is it a number? And so I came to understand, no, there's something deeper when it comes to this Zayin, these Hebrew alphabets. So I think I had written it down. The letter Zayin is, oh man, Nimandika very short notes. I've written letter Zayin stroke the number seven, which in Hebrew is called Sheba. That's another thing. That I it hit me by the way, June, your name. <laughs> your name, Sheba, your name Sheba is linked to seven. So this is my point. I have all these many two points that I would love to to connect them together. Right? God highlighting the seven alphabet letter for me, to me, highlighting it to me, for me to study. Yeah. And then I'm later realizing. Like, goodness gracious, June, your name, Sheba. You know, it, it means either seven or it means oath. Like an oath. And I was like, yo, okay. What is God trying to tell me? So that's why I don't want to rush into this because it's exciting. <clears throat> it's exciting. It's exciting. It's a, it's a study I, I'm excited about. And I don't want to just blah, 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 just say nonsense because I want to feel an episode. So let me just say what I currently, let me actually Google while I'm doing this. Cindy, I have the things here, but I haven't written down everything. So let me search. What is the letter Zayin? No, what does the letter Zayin mean in Hebrew? Let me search that. What does the Hebrew letter Hebrew letter Zayin mean? Okay, so this is from the literally the first website that has popped up. Um, okay, there's so much they've written down, but let's see. They're saying squint, and the Hebrew Zayin looks like an axe or similar armament which explains the meaning of its name in hebrew in the bible zayin means weapon hence sages and kabbalists see zayin as signifying power its seventh and is shaped its seventh and is shaped like a weapon okay yeah i kept up like I, I kept coming across people talking about how Zayin means weapon and sword because it looks like a sword. So those are other places I kept I kept on coming across that. 
um, let me search how is Zayin, how is the Hebrew letter Zayin linked to seven? How is the Hebrew, how is the Hebrew letter Zayin? Because I want to, <clears throat> today I'm studying, when I'm, I'm studying its linkage to seven. <clears throat> okay, so that's literally the same website has popped up. Secret of the Hebrew letter Zion. Uh-huh, the letter Zion, the Hebrew alphabet. Hebrew Today. Okay, let's, let me read from hebrewtoday.com. <clears throat> Should I pause? I'm literally just scanning and to try and see where it, the letter seven is talked about because most of these things that they're writing about <clears throat> they're, they're on my notes but today i want to focus on seven okay i found it let me read very quickly the first things that i've written on my notes but the, it's it's also here i think it will make sense and tie tie this letter thing alphabet thing with this seven thing because it's an alphabet that i'm not um I'm not acquainted with. It's not like something I know of head. So I think even the the information here, even though I'm focusing on seven, because this is the beginning of this study, let me just read because it's part of the notes as well. But instead of instead of jumping to seven, let me just read quickly what they're writing. So they're saying the letter Zion is the seventh letter. In the Hebrew alphabet. So that's the tie with the seven, right? So the letter Zion is the seventh letter in the Hebrew alphabet and it appears in a number of other Semitic languages alphabets. By by way of the ancient Phoenician language, the letter Zion eventually entered the Greek and Latin alphabets, becoming the letters Zeta and the Z. They call it Z in, I don't know if, is it America? But then British English, so Z. Respectfully, although its place in the different alphabets changed. Okay. So the original meaning of the letter Zion is a sword or sharp weapon. With the word Le Zion coming to mean to arm. I'll, I'll put this, this link in the description. Sendio just to whoever is interested in reading it again so the original meaning of the letter zion is a sword or sharp weapon with the word le zion coming to mean to arm in the modern hebrew language however please note the word in slang and common talk has come to mean a really not nice word oh so please do not use it <laughs> okay wow okay I don't know what that word is. So the root meaning of the Hebrew letter Zion is interesting in itself. While it means a sword or sharp weapon, as explained above, the meaning of the word is also connected to food and sustenance. For example, the modern Hebrew word mazon, meaning food or sustenance, and the modern Hebrew word hazana, meaning nourishment, both come from the same root as Zion. Some scholars say that the meaning behind this is that while pointless bloodshed is certainly not the ideal, we sometimes must fight in order to defend our lives. 
and our way of life okay so hence the sword and the sustenance okay so just as its literal meaning is complex the spiritual meaning of the hebrew letter zion is significant as well the letter has the numerical value seven so the letter has the numerical value of seven which has much significant um, which has much significance including the fact that the sabbath is the seventh and holiest day of the week according to the biblical law the land is meant to lie fallow every seventh year according to a law called shemitah i don't know how to pronounce that shemitah as Zion is the first letter of the word Zahor, meaning to remember. And this is one of two basic commandments of the Sabbath. There seems to be a very strong link between the seventh letter in the Hebrew alphabet and the day of rest. So they're linking this Zion uh, with its numerical value of seven to the sabbath the day of rest so that's what that website says um, something i had come across as well when it comes to zion is it comes after the sixth letter which is called Vav, V-A-V. Zion is Z-A-Y-I-N. That's the seventh letter, and it has the, what have I read? Its numerical value is seven, right? Now, Zion comes after Vav, and Vav means man, right? Vav represents man like mankind like man and so the reason why i also saw this this is something god was highlighting to me and this link i connected this while i started studying this and i saw the meaning like these these links and what people have studied when it comes to the hebrew bible and the connections when it comes to these alphabets and letters mostly the hebrew people like the jewish people in their studies and they talk about the sixth letter vav meaning man and the significance of zion coming right after that and how they are written you see like how um like the structure of the actual letter is also very very significant they did not just connect things just so that they could create an alphabet they like the hebrew alphabet is so intensely rich in its meaning right so maybe i should just say construction how the zion letter is constructed it's the the letter vav which comes before it, the letter for man, and then it has this top thing on top of it. That's why it looks like a sword. It looks like a, a very curved letter, small letter, like 
one the letter one you know one but it's, it has like a curve i think somebody will just have to like google these things <laughs> or, or like i'll put these these links that i that i came across while studying this in the description so that it's visually right somebody can like visually see what i'm talking about so my point is even the structure of zion is linking vav the letters for with numerical value of six right the the letter for man and another letter on and another and another is it really a letter this is my point i didn't want to like talk about these things like i know them because i honestly don't i've been doing some very brief studies and i'm not that well informed to like quote unquote explain this so my point is how zion is structured is also meaningful it's connecting to and i think the top part is the yod it's called the yod they call it the yod and then the vav there's this it's like a comma you see the, the in the english language the comma but it's right on top of the letter i okay okay perfect the small the small i like the one and the dot on top i like um i am coming to school that first letter i in the small caps it's like a the like stroke and the dot on top right now imagine that dot that dot is bigger is bigger in size it's a like it's like a circle on top of that stroke but then instead of that circle replace it with a comma like a horizontal comma because the comma comes down right it's like you write it you you write the stroke while you go down so it's facing down the comma is facing down but when you write it horizontally it's like um it's like a, a small wave what do you call those things um it's not really an ellipsis but it's part of our keyboard you find it here let me see like i can literally see it there's this thing <laughs> when you go to the keyboard and you're going to those parts to the part of the keyboard where there are these hearts and squares and stars and and brackets yeah and upside down question marks that car symbol under the letter under the letter under the number 2 that looks like a small wave i don't know how that is called let me actually google me copy it and paste it on google hopefully it will search meaning meaning of this symbol think it has brought anything it's like equal to it's like that equal sign but then it's just one okay um let me see 
Does it have a name? Oh, I found it. The tiled, the tiled symbol. The wave dash, the double tiled. How do you pronounce this word? How do you say this? Tildy, tildy. How do you say this? Okay, okay. That that um wave symbol. The T I L D E is a graph grapheme with several uses. The name of the of the character came into English from Spanish. Okay, that thing, right? The t the tiled. The tiled, the double the wave dash i'll call it a wave dash so i'm talking about the zion so its structure looks like a stroke a letter one with this wave dash a thick wave dash on top right so these letters are thick it's like a stroke it's like a calligraphic kind of type of letters alphabets type of letters but then and that that this tiled this wave dash is called yod um the wave dash yod in hebrew let me see if there's a connection there uh-huh what does the yod mean in hebrew the yod in hebrew language sing signifies iodine also called okay um It's the tenth letter. Am I right? Yeah, no, yeah, it's this, it's this, this thing, the comma thing. The yod, also spelled yud, is the tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, numerical value ten. The meaning, number one, Jew hand continuity Yehuda. Okay, okay, that's just from the from. And you gave me the screenshot that as well. So my point is this. <laughs> I've taken so long to describe this thing. So that's how the Zion looks like. It's look, it looks like uh, a stroke, a curved stroke with a yod, with a wave dash on top. And they're connected. Now that curved stroke is that letter six. Is that, it's, is the alphabet, um, Vav, right? Now let me just search Vav. Vav Hebrew alphabet meaning. Okay, so they, they're talking about it looks like a hook, right? In modern Hebrew, the word Vav is used to mean both hook and the letter's name the name is also written uh -huh. while in Syriac and Arabic wow to mean hook okay so it looks like a hook right the letter vav but I want to know about its meaning Hebrew today so the same 
website that was talking about the Zion. So the letter Vav is the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet through the ancient Fe Phoenician language, the letter Vav actually became the letter, the modern letter F, used in the English and Latin alphabets. Unlike many other letters in the Hebrew alphabet, the origin meaning of the letter Vav actually seems quite obvious and straightforward. The word Vav means a hook, spear, or tent peg in Hebrew. Therefore, the name and shape of the letter are directly connected to this meaning. The Hebrew letter Vav itself has a very interesting pronunciation history and a variety of different uses and meanings. Most scholars agree that the ancient pronunciation of the letters of the letter was more with a W and less with a V. That is currently that that it currently has in the modern Hebrew language. This assertion has a lot of support if we simply look around at modern use in other Semitic languages. Okay, 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 okay. Similar to the Hebrew letter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. It talks about it. How is it linked to man? Because I remember so many places where people are saying that it means man or it's linked to man. Come on. <sighs> okay. Um, they're still talking about the Zion here, saying that the Zion is the seventh letter of the Hebrew alphabet with a numerical value of seven. Okay, we know that. In Hebrew tradition, the name Zion means crown. The reason I'm reading that is that's also part of my notes. And the reason I'm talking about the letter, the alphabet Vav, meaning man, is because every place I, I, I was studying, that's why I wrote it down, it was talking about now the Zion is the Vav plus the Yod. And the Yod um, makes the Vav look like it's crowned. Like it's wearing a crown on top. That yod, that uh, wave dash, comma thing, thick thing that is on top of the valve, making it the Zion alphabet. Not the Zion alphabet, the Zion letter. So the Zion is considered a crowned valve, aka a crowned man. Now, when I read that, I was like, okay. I think I see how this is connected to Easter. <laughs> Again, the reason why I'm studying this is because during that period of Easter, while I was studying um, for the first episode, God really highlighted for me this number seven of season seven. And I was like, okay, so what's this about? And it's that during that period that when I was studying this and I saw the Zion is considered a crowned valve and the valve, the numeric, the, this number six, the valve meaning um, has this biblical meaning of man, M-A-N, man. So it's like a crowned man. And I was like, okay, 
So I was studying in in the episode Get Active. I'm studying about Jesus' death and resurrection. I didn't really study it, but I was talking about it. Jesus' death and resurrection. And Jesus talks about his resurrection. He's raising on the third day. He will be exalted, glorified. He talks about, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. That's like John 17. A verse in John 17. So Jesus talks about him being the son of man who will come riding in the clouds of heaven sitting right next to the ancient of days and that happens that's a description of also Daniel chapter 7 where this son of one like a son of man is is given a seat next to the ancient of days yeah a throne sits right next to the ancient of days and is crowned given sovereignty authority power and rulership so you see now why I am focusing on this Zion being meaning like a crowned man, a crowned vav. And seeing that, okay, so I'm kind of seeing a connection to Jesus who is now resurrected, right, is crowned. Is crowned. His ascension he ascends and sits next to the Ancient of Days, the mighty God. And is crowned. So he's the crowned man. He's the son of man who is crowned, who is exalted. And who is ruling. So I was like, wow, okay, God, that is interesting. Is that it? Not like to be rude, to be honest. I wasn't like saying that to be like, okay. Um, that's interesting okay fine I need more no I was like that's a very interesting I don't know why my throat feels itchy <clears> throat> I was like that's very interesting honestly it's interesting but I was like okay maybe I feel like there was more to this number seven that you wanted me to to know about because in my head I was like okay the seven days maybe of creation the sabbath because I knew about the sabbath so like I was like, what's the link here? Like, how does it affect? It's not like how does it affect me, but like how am I supposed to apply this study? Like, I know how I should understand it. Jesus being the crowned man, but what about me? You know, like. You see how like get active I, I see what God is telling me in that message um, like of all my studies there's a Bible study I understand biblically with the context of the time and everything but I also understand what God is trying to make me see when it comes to my life now so so far when it comes to this study, that's why I'm saying I don't have much understanding. Currently, I that's the one understanding that I know deep down is something that makes sense to Christ being the crowned man. But something else that also hit me is in Daniel chapter 7. Maybe I should start reading now the Bible. Because in Daniel chapter 7, 
Yes, the Son of Man is crowned, but we are told that he is ruling with the holy people. Daniel chapter 7. Verse what? From verse 9? <clears throat> Let me start reading from verse 13 where we see the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 7 verse 13. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority. He was crowned. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. Let me pause. Jesus says, Father, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. The world was created, right? So this son of man one like a son of man, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So it's an everlasting kingdom. So I'm going to scroll way down. This is now Daniel given is being given the interpretation of the dream. I'm going to scroll down to read about the Son of Man. Okay. So we see from verse 26. Daniel 7:26 But the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Whose power? This beast. Let me let me start from verse 23 for context purposes daniel 7 23 he gave me this explanation right that angel gave me this explanation give daniel this explanation the fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth it will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth trampling it down and crushing it the ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom after them another king will arise different from the earlier ones he will subdue three kings he will speak against the Most High and oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. The holy people will be delivered into his hands for a time, times and half a time. But the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Okay, this is what brings me here, verse 27. Then the sovereignty, power and greatness of all kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to who? the son of man no well yes and no but we are told then the sovereignty power and greatness of all kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the most high his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will will worship him will worship and obey him <clears throat> okay my throat is still itching i'm just from reading who is given the sovereignty, glory, power, rulership is the son of man. And he, he, his kingdom is the everlasting kingdom. So, meaning, when the angel is interpreting what Daniel is seeing, he's telling Daniel, you see that one like a son of man that you're seeing? That humanly figured type of a body person you're seeing seated on the throne? Yeah, that's the most high. His kingdom will be the everlasting kingdom. And guess what? The holy people of the Most High will rule with him because 
in verse 27, the angel is telling Daniel, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. Of course, we are not worshipping other people. The holy people are not worshipping themselves. They are worshipping the Most High because they are serving in his kingdom. This is This fits so perfectly when Jesus tells us that we are ruling with him. Where does Jesus tell us that? Okay. So Jesus replies to Peter. I think it's Matthew. Let me search. Jesus replies to the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. Because after that, Paul, not Paul, um, Peter. Peter. After that, Peter asks Jesus a question like, okay, so what happens to us? We have given up, we've given everything to follow you. What do we get? Jesus literally quotes Daniel chapter 7. So in Matthew, let me search. Let me see Matthew. Matthew 19, 16 to 22. Let me jump from Daniel to Matthew and see what Jesus talks about. If he actually sees himself as a son of man or I'm the one imposing this on him. Let's see. Matthew 19. Verse what? Verse 16. From verse 16. Okay. Matthew 19 from verse 16. Then the, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Okay. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 25. Then the disciples heard this. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but God, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? You see, let me just pause for a minute to give context to why I'm even here. In Daniel chapter 7, there's a talk of the Son of Man ruling, the Most High ruling, and his holy people ruling with him. Now this is Jesus who calls himself the Son of Man. And who are his people? Who does Jesus consider holy? The ones who he gives eternal life. Those who believe in him are cleansed. They are made clean. They are sanctified, meaning they are made holy. Right? So Jesus' holy people are his followers, are his disciples, are those who believe in his word. Okay, so let's see what Jesus says about the holy people, his holy people. 
Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewing of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, again, I'm also here because of the crowned man, right? The Zion, the crowned man, the seventh day, the day of rest. The seventh letter, which is linked to the Sabbath, right? The seventh day, the day of rest. This is the, the day where everything is renewed, where the eternal, where we're experiencing eternal life, new creation, where we are resting with God. So Jesus talks about this day, the beginning of this day, or just this day, because it may be a day that is everlasting. You know, God's days are not like 24 hours. So the Sabbath day, when I think about the Sabbath and what that means and what, what God meant, what God wanted us to do in the day of rest when he rested. And even Hebrew talks about that God is still in his rest and he wants us to enter his rest. He's welcoming us into the day of rest. And this day is talked about as an everlasting life. So, the ever, so everlasting life is and us entering God's rest. So Jesus talks about this is what you're going to get. When you enter my rest, Jesus says, um, come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, all this is connected. Jesus says, believe in me and I will be your rest. I will give you rest because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is answering Peter. You're asking what you will get? Okay. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you. At the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones. These are the holy people. Jesus is referring to the holy people. Talked about in Daniel. Very truly, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or, ch or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. So that's what Jesus talks about. Yes, I am the son of man, but you are my people. The people who I have made clean. You will rule with me. I'll give you sovereignty, power and authority to rule in my kingdom. So again, I started by asking God, okay, God, I, I understand that Jesus is the crowned man, the son of man. And probably this Zion letter is pointing to the crowned man, Jesus. But what does that mean for me? It, it, it's literally the question Peter asked. I think I'm going to, to share this now. I, I, I might pause here so that when I continue studying, maybe the next episode I'll continue studying and, continue, and I'll, I'll continue the study where I have reached. Because today, at least I have shared what I have currently understood when it comes to the Zion 
there's so much more written down but again i don't have these links connecting i talked about sheba my name meaning seven and oath but I don't see the connection. I don't want to just say, oh, and again, by the way, my name is Sheba and it means seven. So this means, I don't lie. So this is the one connection I, I understand now. And I remember asking God this question. And now I am seeing that it's the same question Peter is asking. Peter is asking like, okay, yeah, you are the son of God. You are God. But then what do we get? Like, but my question is, when it comes to understanding, okay, God, I understand that Jesus is the crowned man, but what is it for me that I need to understand? Like, what do I get? Like, what am I supposed to get from this? How am I supposed to live life after this, getting this revelation, this understanding? How am I supposed to live my daily life with this? Like, how am I supposed to um, not really interpret? Like, how am I supposed to live this study, you know? on a day to day and Jesus is telling me the same way Peter asked okay we have left everything to follow you what then will there be for us Jesus is telling me in as much as I the son of man am crowned I am a crowned I'm the crowned man you also are crowned you also have crowns you're ruling with me and in the in the episode Get Active, I talked about how God wants me to learn the art of mastery and so that I can have dominion and command and what are these words? I have these notes, right? Proficiency, ability, command, dominion, cap capability, knowledge, understanding, comprehension. These are the similar words that I came across when I was studying the meaning of mastery comprehensive knowledge or skill in a particular subject or activity, the authority of a master dominion. So it's all linked to this study, to this, to God's word to me, right? Let me just say that. Because yes, there are studies, but God guides me to study this. I believe so. And the understanding and the knowledge he's giving me right now is I want you to to soak in the meaning of this letter stroke number seven because it's the letter Zion with its numerical value is seven so there's a focus on, on how Zion is used in the Bible and what God means the meaning attached to that and also there's the focus on this number seven what God the meaning attached to that letter, that number seven. Because even going back to Zion, meaning weapon and sword, and Jesus is the word of God. From his mouth in Revelation, I'm going to link this Bible verses in the description. Maybe I should even Google them. The the Jesus' mouth is like a double-edged sword, right? Revelation 19 verse 15 and out of his mouth goes goes a sh goeth a sharp sword okay let me just read from the bible because i had written it down here and i think that's king james revelation 19 why am i talking about swords and jesus word and mouth is because the zion means weapon and sword i started my study in, in the first episode of season seven, Get Active, talking about God's word. 
specifically specifically God's word to me. And from that study, I talked about how every time God speaks a word, the devil comes to attack God's word. Meaning, there's a battle that happens between me, that has to happen between me and the devil. Meaning, I have to refute the devil with God's truth, with God's word. The way I fight back and I and I claim God's truth is by proclaiming God's word the same way Jesus was tempted and the devil t- um, told God, told Jesus, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus says, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the linking between the sword and the weapon and God's word there's a connection. That's my point. There's a connection. So Revelation chapter 19 verse 15. Let me scroll verse 15. This is Jesus. Okay, let me start from verse 11. This is John, John the apostle. No, no. Yeah, I mean, John, John the disciple seeing a vision, right? So Revelation 19 verse 11. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true with just with justice he judges and wages war you see how it's linked to weapon and sword okay with justice he judges and wages war his eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns so he's a crowned man okay and i say crowned man i don't mean jail is not god i hope by now I don't need to continue explaining myself when it comes to my studies so far. Jesus is God. Huh? He was born as man so as to live the sinless life that he lived, that he could be the perfect lamb, pure lamb, the offering on the cross. So that whoever believes in him, in his finished works on the cross, because he said it is finished, righteousness was fulfilled on that cross. So that we are clothed with his righteousness and not our own. Whoever believes in him receives eternal life. So that's the, whenever I say he's a crowned man, I mean, yes, he was a man here on earth. He came as a man here on earth. He lived a sinless life. He died. And through his resurrection, he was crowned as the one like a son of man in Daniel. He's the most high. So, Revelation 19 verse 12. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that... Excuse me, belch. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. Let me just be honest. I love this because I was just intending on reading from verse 15. But this is perfect. And his name is the word of God. You see why I'm linking this with Zion? Zion means weapon or sword. But, de- but derives from a root word, I'm reading, but derives from a root word that means sustenance or nourishment, food. Jesus saying he's the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to him and eats the bread of life will never hunger. Nourishment. But also, he's coming with judgment. With justice. Right? Okay, let me just continue. <laughs> I think even the God is just making his point for me. Verse 13. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword. So the word of God has something coming out of his mouth. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He's ruling. He's the son of man, right? He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay. Okay. And I think even it's Revelation 1, Revelation chapter 1, John has this other vision of Jesus and we see this word thing appear, right? I'm scrolling down to see. Let me read John's vision of Jesus. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient. What? I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are our that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the day, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, okay, the seven churches. Verse 12, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. The number seven here is something that uh, is, oh, I'm also highlighting. Again, I studied this lampstand study, I think in the New Dawn episode, the episode New Dawn or Honeymoon Phase. No, I think New Dawn. That's when I went deeper with my kind of deep study in the lampstands. Which also has this gives me this other understanding. It's like a diamond. I am I have this other way of viewing this seven thing, right? So when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters in his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance when i saw him i fell at his feet as though dead then he placed his right hand on me and said do not be afraid i am the first and the last I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars 
that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. You see this seven letter thing, the seven number highlighted everywhere. But I'm here because of the word that is from his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. So Zion represents the word of God. That's from my current understanding right now. This is what I'm getting. Zion is also repre represents the double-edged sword. God's word, we are told about God's word is like a double-edged sword. Um, let me search that. Double-edged sword cutting through bone and marrow. Through bone and marrow Bible verse. I always end things with Bible, such as with Bible verse. It never disappoints. Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12. Um, okay, Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12. Let me just jump there. Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active. Shapa, the word. We're talking about God's word. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes, attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him. To him we must give account. So this is amazing because... I think that's where I'm going to pause today. What my question to God is, what am I supposed to take from this? What lesson am I supposed to take from this and live on a daily basis? I am also crowned. I am crowned. And there's a verse, I believe it's in Revelation, where we take our crowns and relate on God's feet. Um, the holy people, let me search holy people lay their crowns at Jesus's feet Bible verse <laughs> uh, I think it's Revelation oh perfect Revelation 4 verse 10 to 11 <laughs> I love this Revelation Four, verse 10 to 11 okay from verse 9 revelation 4 verse 9 whenever the living creatures give glory honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever the 24 elders right so i'm calling them holy people but the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever they lay their crowns before the throne and say you are worthy our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being why am i saying this these elders also represent the holy people because i think it's way up here we see that they are sitting on thrones as well let me scroll down and see elders elders okay perfect uh, oh surrounding Okay, so it's Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. After this, I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had 
first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was, this is still John, the disciple. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there, I studied this, as the one who sat there had the, uh, in the um, full circle. No, 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 no. Under the cloud. Either under the cloud or cloud rider. But I think under the cloud, that's when I studied this verse. Under the cloud. Verse 3. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby and rainbow. Jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. Okay, this is my point. Why am I calling the 24 elders also part of the holy people in Daniel chapter 7? And also part of the holy people were in. Matthew where Jesus talks about his disciples ruling because we see there are other thrones next to the ancient of days and the lamb surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. You see? So my point is Jesus the crowned man, the son of man, the glorified man is ruling with his people, holy people. So I am also crowned, right? Um, when I say that, I have, I'm a little bit hesitant because I don't know if I will be crowned in heaven on judgment day or now I am crowned. The, the reason why I believe I'm also crowned now is because we are told that we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Let me search that verse. <laughs> seated with Jesus. You see why I'm linking all this together? Seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Bible verse. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Let me now jump. I'll, I'll link all these Bible verses in the description. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Oh man, I've remembered I didn't even write the, the show notes for this entire season. Episode 1 and episode 2. Okay, when I, I'll start by writing for episode 1 and then I write the show notes for episode 2 and then now I'll write the show notes for this episode. All these verses will be in the show notes. Verse what? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Let's start from verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. You guys, you Christians. As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them. At one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest... We were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us, raised, past tense, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us 
in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. This is perfect because it shows right now we are seated with Christ. But in the coming ages, verse 7 says, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. So that means there's so much more that we should expect that when we are with Christ in the new creation, there's so much that we should expect to, to receive from Christ. It's a promise. He doesn't lie. It's a promise. But right now, I am among the holy people, the saints, seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That's what I am told to believe. And that has been my reality because when Jesus gives us authority in his name, what does that mean? I'm sharing the same sovereignty and authority that the Son of Man has. You mean I am an heir? That's what, why that's why Paul in Galatians keeps telling us we are heirs with Christ. We are heirs. We are heirs. I share in Christ's inheritance. Christ has given me, the Son of Man, the mighty God has given me authority to tread on scorpions and, and snakes, to preach in his name, to pray for healing. And like I have authority in Christ. That's why I am seated with Christ in heavenly place. No, that's not why I'm seated. It's because of God's love and grace and and his faithfulness that I am seated with Christ in heavenly places because he told me I need to be I need only to believe in the one he has sent believe in Jesus and I receive eternal life and eternal um, I should not wait until I die for me to experience eternal life eternal life Jesus says in John this is the last verse I'll read and then I close in John 17 verse 1 after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority, you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life. Not something way in the future. Now, this is eternal life. That they know, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. That's the verse I've kept on <laughs> referring to. So that's amazing. Just the little study I have started with this Zion alphabet letter has so much in it. Zion meaning weapon sword. It's coming after the letter Vav meaning man. So Zion is considered like a crown. So it's a, the crowned Vav, the crowned man. Anyway, I don't want to repeat all these things. Again, there's so much more in my notes that I know I need to continue studying. I think this was a good boost. I trusted that God would 
give me understanding and it and these small small notes I've written down will be coherent even for me and I see so far today was a success I have understanding I have even more understanding that I had when it comes to the crowned man but when it comes to these other things I've written down when it comes to the number seven when it comes to my name Sheba and what that means and maybe God's talking to me I think even Sheba was God hinting maybe God is God hinting to me like okay Nanini Sheba June you know you're part of this seven meaning and there's something I want to tell you and you need to seek and I'm seeking to be honest and let me just say something before I close this aside from the actual writing down studies that I do I have a life <laughs> it's obvious I have a life and I see God in my personal daily life so when I say that there's so much that I am not connecting is because I there are other things God has been telling me and I have confidence that this is the path that he wants me to follow when it comes to the studying of this number seven because he has also confirmed this in other ways and I'm I'm seeing it like come to fruition in my life like pole pole I'm just seeing it unfold so I'm confident that this is the path I'm going to follow and I need to be honest to myself and to God before I do any recording because I need to check my heart that's why I said I'm not going to just come here and regurgitate just things I could have said so many things I've written down here but it won't make sense to me meaning I'll be lying I'll be lying that I understand what I'm saying. So far what I've said, those are things I had written down and I had come to an understanding of, but I have made the connection when it comes to the word of God. I have made the connections the more I've actually read the verses because I had not actually gone to read these verses. I knew they existed, but I had not gone to read the verses. The only verse I had written down was Revelation 19:15. That's the only verse I had written down. So after I'm reading all these verses, it's coherent it makes sense right so so far that's what i have right now to make public and i promise by the next time by the next week i'll try my best to do more study because sometimes it's just me not really doing my part to like look into these things but um i think i'll go deeper with what i've actually written down to understand the Shabbat thing, the Sabbath thing, and these other things I've written down, the Sheba thing, the other things. <laughs> so I think that's it for now. That's it for now. Um, let me pray. Thank you, God, for being faithful. You've told us when we seek, we will find. Thank you, God, because I came this, I came in this episode today knowing that I didn't have much I didn't I didn't have the knowledge and full understanding and I trusted that you would guide me to uh to knowledge and understanding and that's literally what I have found and that's what I have received and as I continue as you continue guiding me when it comes to me getting active oh and I've been going to church so that, that's that's a, and that has been great. Has been great. So as you as you guide me, you know what is best for me. You know why you want me to understand this. Like literally, you know why you want me 
to understand this in my and how it applies and how you will reveal it in my life and why it needs to make sense to me and so i pray that you give me the humility and the patience when i am studying so that i don't come in thinking that i know everything but to be open to knowing you and understanding what you have revealed in your word your rich truth the fullness of life that is found in your word so thank you god thank you for my family thank you for my friends thank you for anyone listening and their family and their friends in their community i pray that you continue revealing yourself to us you know our needs our individual needs so god i pray that you provide because there's nothing that you can't do there's nothing you can't use There's nothing that is off limits for you to use to provide for us literally you can use even birds you can use an uh, uh um i'd say a neighbor but i want you can use a a person who doesn't who doesn't know us what do you call those people <laughs> a stranger you can use a stranger and we i pray oh god that you continue increasing our faith so that we hold on tight we hold the line you hold on tight to your promises you have promised me that by believing in Jesus i inherit in his kingdom i have inheritance in his kingdom i have authority on others it is in heaven so thank you jesus for your sacrifice. Thank you for everything. Praying for peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, generosity. I pray for everything that you have, God. I want everything. I want everything that you have for me. I am willing and my arms are open to receive so thank you for thank you thank you it's in jesus name i pray trusting and believing amen bye thank you so much for listening to this week's episode hopefully you'll be joining me every tuesday for new episodes of the trying podcast stay safe guys bye